0: welcome to Combat Thoughts. I'm Robbie. I'm Lee. And I'm Alex. We're going to take a deeper look at the culture and philosophy behind martial arts. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Combat Thoughts this week we're speaking to ian mongoose jones ian is a uh, he's a dabbler of martial arts he's tried muay thai brazilian jiu-jitsu catch wrestling and soon enough he's going to be taking a foray into letway as well so it's really interesting to see his perspective on a wide variety of combat sports uh, and he's a very interesting guy in general it's also a strange one this week as well alex ran into a few technical difficulties just before the podcast so i'm doing this one on my own so i hope you enjoy so, things yeah. back to the start, what, what, how did you get into martial arts in the first place?
1: Like most kids really are bullied from a young age, and uh, obviously in this area, I'm like uh, from, uh, it's like a mining village, so basically we're all boxing, kickboxing and tie boxing, so technically I like uh, got into kickboxing, I think I was 14 or something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, I started competing at that, uh, won a couple of national titles as a kid probably like 16, and then I wanted something more. So I got into, uh, I think it was boxing first. Same again, amateur boxing. I had a fair few boxing fights, got bored with that, uh, <laughs> and then got into Thai boxing and went all around world fighting at Thai boxing. But obviously, I like fighting pro. I think I won three British titles at that, uh, like at all different weights. And then I got a European uh, bronze medal for British team, and then I fought in world championships, uh didn't do as as well in that one. Uh I didn't I didn't even medal, like I lost I lost to a Caribbean kid on points. Mm. Uh so then obviously I found MMA. Uh that was a big stepping stone. But when I were doing MMA, I think it was like 2001, So same again, there weren't much wrestling about or anything like that. Or I thought there weren't any wrestling about. Especially
0: uh, not especially not in the yeah. UK.
1: No, so I, I like, basically, basic uh, Thai boxer that got into MMA. And uh, what happened was I fought, um, if I, I like went straight pro because there we were no am- amateurs or anything like that. And I fought a guy called, I think it was Sandy Geddes. He was he ranked number 18 country as a middleweight. And I probably weren't even middleweight. I will probably about 12 stone 10. I fought him. <laughs> I fought him and uh, I beat him in something like two minutes. And after that, then it was like... I think that one on Cage Warriors. After that, then it was like, every fight was hard. It was like, uh, I was ranked number 18th country then, straight away, as a pro. Mm-hmm. I would I'd 20 seconds in a cage, probably. And then they wanted me to fight everyone. And then, obviously, uh, I was training with a guy called Andy Cooper, who was basically we're a legend in these areas. He was like first cage race champion and that. he was, I like
0: definitely know that it. name.
1: Yeah, he taught himself, Andy, uh, to be fair. And we used to train in like a basement, in uh, an old rusty cage with him. And uh, basically, I think I had about 20, might have been about 19 or 20 NNA fights uh, as a pro. But to be fair, I thought quite a few big names, really, when I think about it. I thought like Ross Pearson, ultimate fighter winner. uh, Norman Park's ultimate fighter winner. uh, Abdul Mahmoud, cage-age world champion. uh, A lad called Nathan Beer, Obama world champion. Daniel Veitchell, he was like a Bellator championship winner as well that were over in Germany, a guy, a rush, I think my last fight were a crazy Russian guy who was seven times Sambo world champion. Uh, <laughs> no one knew anything about him and that were in uh, Middle East in Jordan. Uh, and same again, I wasn't really wrestling. I was just like, I had a bit of jits and you know, I think I probably got to a brown belt level in jits when I fought him. But he was like seven times world champion. And uh, everyone was saying, no, oh, he's only had 29 fights. Afterwards, I found out he'd had 80 fights, five losses at MMA. and must have had about 200 combat sambo fights. But <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, i beaten him and a soccer kicked me in the face twice. So uh he got a stoppage. Uh, I thought my eye socket had come out of my head. Was, that, yeah,
0: um, was the soccer that legal? Was,
1: no, well, legal, that's what I mean. So I him all right. all, up on points, bollied me in the face twice. So... <laughs> To be fair, a bit of a dodgy show, really. You know, like it was decent money, but it was a bit of a dodgy show. Uh, but yeah, so with MMA, I fought all over the world. I, I, I missed out on getting on Ultimate Fighter when Ross Pearson won it. Uh, and then I think after that, I fell out of love with it and like uh, got into started learning to wrestle. I think it was 2010. Two. At a it's called. 2010, so pretty late, really.
0: So so how long was your MMA career over? Because uh, you kind of done a whistle-stop there.
1: Uh, I'm just going to think, when did I start? Started in 2001, and I think my last fight was 2011. So I didn't start wrestling until 2010, really. Uh, so pretty, I was just like a tie boxer with Jits. That went, and, really. And how the fuck did you get away with that? I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just a good act. Probably just a good athlete. I had like. I did have like takedowns, but it was like I didn't start to learn how to wrestle till I went to Wigan, really. Like with, mm-hmm. with, with catch, with catch. Uh, obviously, I went to um, Y Club, which were was, was full of Iranians. So there were some really good wrestlers there. And basically, I got my ass handed to me on a plate, and I went there for probably two years. Uh, there were Ali Irish there. There were a couple of couple of like MMA guys and that. uh, which were really good, and it how to wrestle. And I think, I think then, it, like 2010, I went on a seminar with Billy Robinson. Uh, I think that we in Doncaster, and I went. I think, I think I went two times, and I, and I asked. I can remember asking Billy, I says, "Where's the best place to learn how to wrestle in this country?" And he said Wigan. Mm-hmm. He says, "Look up for a guy called Roy Wood and his daughter Andrea Wood," and that's what I did. So basically, I think it were in 2012 after my last MMA fight. I got in touch with Roy, and they just started Snake Pit, and that's what happened then. And, and then after that, that's when I uh, started to excel in wrestling. Really, yeah. Uh, so it's I'll quite late to it really when I think about it.
0: Yeah, well, I'd love to dig into the wrestling, but I just want to ask a couple of things first. Um, yeah. yeah. So you, how how long was it between you starting martial arts in general and you competing? It sounds pretty close.
1: Uh, uh I started like we. Obviously, we're kickboxing. I was 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. And then I got into, like, MMA, I am probably 25-year-old when I go into just straight as a pro.
0: But the thing I wonder is, like, um, did you... You said you started a sort of... It was a, bully, a bullying thing, and that's where you started the martial arts. Did you yeah. always set out to compete and be professional? Was that the objective yeah. at the start?
1: No. No, I was shit at sports. You know, like, all <laughs> of these guys I was just crap at sports. You know what I mean? I was like... I was really small for my age. I didn't mature till late on. And I, it was just one of them natural progressions. That I, it was only, probably only thing I was good at. It would have turned into a bit of a bum. and Because like where I live, it, it was bad with drugs. And I can remember, it, it's crazy what happened. Uh, I was getting bullied and stuff like that. And I used to hang out with some lads who were nice kids and they started taking drugs. And we bought some, it's crazy what happened. We bought some heroin. This is God's honest truth. This, our 15 year old bought some heroin and we we're going to take it. And the day I went training, my brother my brother took me training kickboxing, and then I never looked back. And I saw my friends about three weeks later, and they're all on heroin. But we didn't know what it was. We just like we just thought it were like because there was no education about it. So all my mates ended up on heroin, and I ended up training, and, and it saved my life really. You know, because I'd have probably gone down drug routes. So it's saved me in a couple of ways. You know, so it's a good fucking thing.
0: Fucking hell, <laughs> all right. And sorry, where, where did you uh, where did you grow up?
1: A place called Southemsul. It's basically it's a mining village near Pontefract, in between Pontefract and Doncaster. Okay, yep. So, yeah, so it's not there's not much here, but it's. Uh, <laughs> you still it's there? Decent. I'm still there. Yeah. So, uh, so it's all right now. But when I was a kid, there were nothing. Do you know what I mean? There were no. I think there were that was it. There, there was just football, rugby, drugs. That was it. And no. and I I, I was crap at sports, so it was it was just lucky that my brother. I sort of looked up to my brother, and uh, he took me training, and that was it. Because he never used to let me go training with him. He says, "Oh, you're not old enough yet." And that that week, as we watched Meadow when he took my training, so he saved my life. So I have a lot, really.
0: Fucking hell! All right, yeah. So, that's a,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. There's a there's a, a bit of a change of a path.
1: That yeah, is, isn't it. So as it saved my life. I'm glad in one sense. You know what I mean, but. Lost a few friends through it, so it's crazy.
0: Fair. Well, so um those mates you didn't hold on to them after No, you
1: know? no, no. But it's 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 weird really because like out of them all, I what probably a guy who had the least about them. I was like basically like run to litter. They were all like intelligent guys. A lot of, a few of them had like trials for Leeds United and think they're like promising careers in football, whereas me. I, I had nothing i was crap, i was crap at everything, sport and stuff like that. And i bullied, you and I mean? I was like weak link, really, but I suppose it's saved me martial arts. I suppose I found my passion pretty young, really. So, yeah, uh, no,
0: yeah. That's fair. I mean, it's a, uh, it's, it's not, um, it's not an uncommon story. No, no, martial arts saving people in that sort of way. No, no. Um, yeah. yeah. So the competing side of things, though, um, how come you started? Did you? To realize you're good at it and sort of just started. You want yeah. to, actually- yeah, I,
1: ju- I don't know. I just uh, obviously I grew up watching like kung fu movies and stuff like that and running about in ninja suits and stuff like that as a kid. And uh, I suppose everyone wants to test themselves, don't they? And I, I tested myself and I, I, I was doing all right, to be fair. So I just kept on competing and competing. I kept getting better and better, and uh, that's all I did really. I had a bit of a growing up, then like I suppose. I had a bit of the like all my mates were out drinking and stuff like that, and I were just competing. So I fear in part of me thinks I've like lost out on a lot in my life, but I've been all over the world fighting and stuff like that. So I can't can't say I've missed out on much, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, well, it's a it's a very different path. I mean, yeah. do you wish you had been out drinking a bit more or
1: no? I can do that now, can't I? <laughs> I can <do> that now. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, cool. I'm re- reliving, reliving the youth now. Uh, so yeah, sick. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's crazy as well because like I'm what I'm now. I'm 41 year old and I feel at my peak now. You know, like I seem to have been a late bloomer. Like obviously, competing now, I, I'm like competing against young, younger, a lot of younger guys than me and and beating them. So I've done something right. You know what I mean? Probably looking after <laughs> myself and things like that in that sense. So. I'm glad I've done what I've done because I'd probably if I'd have gone down that path, I'd have probably had an heart attack or something like that with my food intake and stuff like that. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it's panned out pretty all right.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
0: so you competed pretty heavily in MMA. Got how yeah. many fights you you got quite a few fights in every 10 years.
1: Yeah, probably <sighs> In, in all combat sports, I've probably had about something probably had about seventy fights, eighty fights, you know, like different disciplines, you know, like I fought pancreas, boxing, kickboxing, tie boxing, uh, catch, uh, jujitsu, just all sorts of really. wrestling, freestyle wrestling. So just like I've had lots of matches, you know what I mean? So it takes up most of your time, I suppose, does not it? Uh, mm-hmm. and then I'm, I'm thinking about venturing down to uh, Liftway next, uh, trying that, you know, like oh. I've never seen- yeah, we so I think, someone. Yeah, so I'm going to try that. <laughs> I think, like now, I'm not getting any better looking, so I thought, me as a bastion anyway, I've got scars all over me, so I thought, I may as well compete now while I'm 40. So I that's still tight. like, I'm always, I compete, I, I still train everything, you know, like I still train boxing, I still train Thai boxing. Mm-hmm. And basically, I've got like a shed in my backyard where everyone seems to come to train and that's all I do really, to compete <laughs> with that.
0: And have you ever had like a different idea about a career or has it always been
1: fighting that you wanted to do early on I wanted to get in UFC and things like that uh, that was my thing uh, but I just think my record was not that great I I didn't really look you know like a lot of guys now they've got padded records and things like that I just fought anyone and everyone if I'd have thought about it now I'd have like looked after my career a bit better with my management and stuff like that but I, I, that will probably be a bad thing just fighting anyone and anywhere you know and it doesn't do you any justice in the long run. But I'm glad I did what I did, you know, because it's made me a better coach and a better fighter now. So it's not everything, is it? It's not be all and end all again at UFC, I suppose. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, I know plenty of guys who've joined, Uh, well, no, of plenty of guys who've joined the UFC yeah. and found out that it's not quite the, uh, yeah, yeah. the yeah. Golden Gates yeah. they think it is. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like in this area, we've got a lot of guys who are in UFC and stuff like that. We've been in UFC as well, who are training and stuff like that. And I've trained, uh, they've all sort of in like in villages because there's like four or five, it's got Sesquieu, like villages. There's a few villages around us. And we've got we had some good fighters, like we've uh we had Neil Wayne at UFC, I teach him like wrestling and jujitsu. Uh, Scott Askin used to train with us, uh, Mark Day, Casey. Uh, yeah. and we all we oh, had a course. really good team, we had a really good team, you know, like, uh. But Dwayne Murray, who were like Bama Champion, Jason Ball, uh, Danny Mitchell. We all used to train together. So we had some really good guys, you know what I mean? But then we were all branched off into his different areas. And uh, it's a shame. It's a shame, really. That's
0: that's a lot of guys for a, a little mining village.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like like you said. There's a fighters?
0: Little,
1: I don't know, cause <laughs> what we did we cause probably because like uh, there's like loads of areas there was, like the Doncaster, which is like 10-minute drive down the road for me. So we, we all used to train at guys called Paul Murphys, who were, uh, like, a jiu-jitsu guy. Uh, he what probably... They were him, Neil White, Neil Owen, and uh, Ben Poppleton and that. And we all used to, like, train there with jiu-jitsu. And then we used to... We had Tengiz foot wrestling. Who wore, he fought Butterbean and stuff like that, because I used to train him. Uh, and he fought uh, Fabrice Overdome and... and uh, Jeff Monson. So if he were like just missed out on he were another just missed out on getting at UFC if it were like Cage Rage heavyweight champion and things like that. But uh, we all used to train at Doncaster. We had a really good team, and then we all like just dispersed and went his own separate ways, which is a shame, really, because we if we'd have thought about it now, we'd have had one of the best gyms ever. You know, like with knowledge at gyms, with knowledge at fighters as well. So yeah. it's a shame, really. Yeah. And
0: how so, come everyone? How come everyone split?
1: Probably same as anyone, everything really. Like, just you get offers, don't they, to work in certain gyms and stuff like that. Like, obviously, I teach at a gym now called Ludus Magnus. So, we've got some good fighters there. We've got like Peter Chem Lenke, who's like, he's a middleweight guy. He won a world title. Uh, just missed out on getting in Bellator and things like that. Uh, then, like, Neil Wayne's a coach there. So, we've got some pretty promising fighters there, which is a really good MMA gym, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and then we had Scott and Mark there, Casey we had I think Wayne Murray the, the, uh, Jason Ball they were all there they were all, but then they're like I suppose they just drift apart and just go to different teams and sometimes I think they seek out bigger things don't they like going to different gyms like some go to America and things like that and just wanting to better themselves but I thought personally like you couldn't get a better team you know like for knowledge of striking, like some really high level strikers there, Jiu-Jitsu is good in Doncaster. And then we've got like rest, like now me with wrestling. Do you know, like I, I obviously have like to travel and learn how to wrestle, but like Wigan, it's like an hotbed, you know, like for wrestling. Yep, yep, yep. It's unbelievable. Uh, like, because I were under pressure, me, there were no wrestlers in this country, but then I went to Wigan and Manchester and you don't realize how good they are, Do you know, like it's another level. Because I, I trained at, uh, wherever I, I went, to Vegas, Mark Lehman's gym. And I can remember, I can remember going over there and I, uh, I was training and I was wrestling with guys. And I, at the time, I couldn't wrestle. I was just a jiu-jitsu guy with Thai boxing. And I can remember beating all these wrestlers thinking, God, I'm doing brilliant here at wrestling. So that's when I went to Y Club, when I came back and got my ass handed to me by all Iranians. Because you get a lot of Eastern like Europeans and Iranians and stuff like that in this country. And and that I think they're best wrestlers in the world, me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's been some really good guys, especially at Y Club and Wigan, there's been some really good wrestlers.
0: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, the, the the places I always hear about, it's like the Eastern Europe or North America. Yeah. That's... Yeah. These are the wrestling yeah. hotbeds, but yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Uh, but like, you think of a little town like Wigan, or, or, or and there's some... some like we have got Mick Grundy, he, he trains there, do not yep, he? In Wigan. Yep. He's, got, he's got his own gym and that, but I know he used to do his bit with Roy and Roy did a bit, his bit with Bolton uh, Wrestling Club and things like that. Produced a lot of good champions and stuff like that, like Charlie Bowling and people like that. So mm-hmm. we've had some really good wrestlers, but it's like an op bed.
0: So how did you get into grappling in general in the first place? Was this purely part of, you know, moving towards MMA? That-
1: that progression, yeah, I suppose. I started training with Paul Murphy after Andy Cooper. Uh, and then I can remember he did a, like a grappling tournament. Uh, I think it was, in fact, no, Andy Crittenden did this uh, grappling tournament. Maybe maybe that was 2006, something like that, 2007. And I can remember entering that and uh, I won that. I won my division. And then obviously you start seeking out more then, didn't you? So then I got on a few more at grappling tournaments, probably won a, I think I won quite a few with grappling, like with no-gi anyway. Uh, with no-gi, I was doing really well. Uh, and then, obviously, you progress progressing to, like, uh, gi and stuff like that. So, I started competing with... Uh, didn't do as well in gi. I still compete with gi and stuff like that, but I prefer no-gi just because it's faster pace. So, it's yeah. faster pace. So, uh, I just find it, like... Uh, I'm not saying it's an old man sport, it's it's all about your grips and stuff like that. And I'm more even to like at this age, I feel more athletic, uh more an athletic competitor. So I prefer nogi because it's just faster pace, is And stuff like that. I like to break people with fitness, really.
0: So I, I'm completely with you on that one. I prefer no gi yeah. myself, but I've um yeah. I've noticed a funny thing where more people train the gi, but everyone watches yeah. no gi. No one cares to watch yeah. the yeah. gi. It's yeah, yeah,
1: it's it's weird. It's, uh, it just looks like a ball of clothes, doesn't it? Do you know, like, both have got white geese on, you can't work out what's going on. Whereas, like, with no geese, it's just, I don't know, it's exciting, isn't it? And I think for it to grow as a sport, I think it's going to have to be no you know, like, uh, especially if they're going to go to Olympics and get into Olympics, with something like that, if they ever want to get around that route. Uh, I think that's how they're going.
0: Do you think the Olympics is a good, would be a good move?
1: I think it would, me, especially at no gi grappling. I think it'd be brilliant. Uh, but it's whether it comes off, isn't it? Uh, we all oh. like ADCs and stuff like that. But I love I love watching stuff like that, me ADCs and stuff like that.
0: The thing that strikes me is that um, the Olympics hasn't been well, – a lot of people complain about the Olympics uh, in terms of judo rules. It's not yeah. very been kind to judo no. as an all-round sport.
1: Yeah. same way freestyle wrestling though I think they've made that boring rule set now where, you know like you get a lot of people stalling and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, whereas, if, whereas I think if they brought catch wrestling or, or just submission wrestling with catch wrestling you can't stall you, 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 you can't lay on your belly or because you get cross faced or neck cranked so you've got to keep moving or you'll get pinned and things like that so whereas you can stall a bit more with freestyle wrestling because you're not getting worried about getting, like, submitted, are you? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, it's, like, a really fast pace and everything's horrible. Everything hurts. <laughs>
0: yeah. So. Well, that might be a good bit to go from... Um, well, d- Tell me first, so why did you fall out of love with MMA and decide to make the transition fully to grappling?
1: I think what it was... Uh, I lost, and I thought, I'm going to have to work on my weaknesses. Like, you know, like I had that loss in uh, Jordan to this uh, mm-hmm. Russian guy. And I thought, I'm going to have to work on my weaknesses, which were wrestling, really. And then I started learning. I, obviously, I'd always done, like, uh, freestyle and stuff like that, I'd tried bits of freestyle. But what I found is in freestyle, the not teaching, you, like, uh, I think it's the most important thing in uh, Jiu-Jitsu, me and MMA, is like what's called your mat wrestling, but you don't really see much of it. I call it in like the invisible stuff. Do you know like when you create scrambles and stuff like that? mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. really In freestyle, you're taught to like double leg, sprawl, single leg, like your basic moves, but you're not really taught like, how to sit out, how to Granby roll, how to arm drag, how to headlock escape, and how to, like, escape three-quarter Nelsons and quarter Nelsons and things like that. It's
0: more like the I, folk style side of things.
1: Yeah, and that's what's changed my game, do you know? And it's changed my submission game totally, do you know? Like, once I started, like, once I went to Roy's then at uh, Wigan, Snake pit, it, honestly, it just opened up another, like, it, like another entity for me, do you know? Like, it's like... but. Because people don't understand it, like in, in wrestling, in catch you give up your back quite a bit, mm-hmm. but in jits because, so, no disrespect to a lot of jits players I love jits and things like that because I'm a black belt in jits as well, but they don't teach how to mat wrestle, how to escape from these positions and a lot of guys will just ball up, turtle up and they'll get submitted, whereas catch they'll, they'll teach you how to like transition out of a turtle position and stuff like that and uh, escape from it and uh, that's what i like the, the it creates scrambles and, and that's what my game's about like creating a scramble and basically getting on top and submitting them and then making them suffer and that and that's what i like about the catch it's, so, and not only that it suits my body type a bit better
0: so, so why is the why is there the difference between jujitsu and catch in that way why is it that jujitsu guys stall out so much more
1: um, I don't know, but maybe it's it, probably it's because like I just call it all submission wrestling now, do you know, like because like but like your wrestling's missing the, the like uh, your mat wrestling to me is a missing link in between judo and wrestling, do you know. And uh, I think what it is probably sk- people are scared of making mistakes and getting the back tuck and choked out and things like that and stuff like that. Wait, uh, wrestling. I went judo sorry. So, mm-hmm. but then, obviously, then you're wrestling. You get to a point, don't you? With jujitsu. so if you get if you take someone's back, you get points and stuff like that. So I suppose there's always that where if someone gets your back, you're giving up your you're giving up your back, getting points against you and things like that. Whereas you're doing wrestling, but you learn how to wrestle your way out of things. And uh, I think you. People need to concentrate more on mat wrestling and jiu jitsu now. Joe, you know? that, that's where I see it. But then all this leglock games coming now, so that's that's changing everyone's view isn't it? everyone's like pulling guard and uh, trying to get saddles and stuff like that. So, but like now, I, I just cross training everything. I'm cross training jits because I think you've got to have a good understanding in jiu jitsu. Because uh, I love my jiu jitsu, and for longevity in sports, jiu jitsu is way to go catch just basically wrecks your body, you know, like we're all cranks and I like that side of things, but it does it wrecks like I will get in every night and my neck's a mess, me back's a mess with catch. So I understand why people choose like Jiu-Jitsu because it's a bit fair on body whereas you catch it's like you just getting hit with a brick every day. But you've I think you've got to understand them both. You've got to understand your catch and you've got to understand your your jiu-jitsu because otherwise I think I I think there's like an hole in your game if you don't you know so I think everyone should cross train them both and even cross train freestyle wrestling as well it just opens up a a lot of openings in your game and stuff like that and I think Mm -hmm. if you learn to adapt it to your style it's brilliant
0: so uh I I like catch, but I don't completely understand yeah. it sometimes. I, correct if I'm wrong. Catch yeah. is essentially, yeah. um, you can submit people essentially anyway. I mean, technically I think you're not allowed chokes, yeah. but that kind of doesn't.
1: Yeah. It <laughs> depends. With chokes, it depends on the area. you know in Wigan, in Wigan, they don't allow chokes, but you could put a free quarter Nelson on, which is technically a dash choke. You could yeah. submit them, which is, so any, any movie and I'm in, like a choke with an arm in is legal, you know, in, in Wigan. So you okay. could like three quarter three quart, a dash, yeah, but they see it as a crank, but there's always that thing where you get choked unconscious with it. So if you're clever and you turn it into a choke, you can technically can beat turned, there. But then yeah. in say like I fought I fought in cat shows up Newcastle and they allow chokes. So This is why I just train everything, mate. And in America as well, they allow chokes. So Mm -hmm. I think they should allow everything. Maybe, uh, like, I like... If if I'm going to take anything out, but I do like pinning and things like that, I take the pin out if they want to make it a bit more exciting. Yes, so
0: so that's it. So it's submissions plus pins. So you pin the shoulders, you win, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's it. But then they have, like, what's called... I've done matches where it's been like a match of free falls. So like basically you might have like three twelve minute rounds. So if you submit him in the first round, it goes into the second round. Mm-hmm. And it's like winner, like whoever wins the most rounds. Like like uh, so like if you won two rounds and they won one, so they could submit you in one, uh then it's then like the guy who's won the most round the rounds wins. Okay. But yes. then I thought but then I fought in other comps and catch, which might be a 20 minute match. And it's just like, win it, win it, win it. whoever submits or pins or dominates a bit more wins. You know? yeah. like, so, well, got- that's
0: one thing that I really like about Jiu Jitsu and grappling arts in general yeah. is yeah. that it's not like MMA where it's like, oh, you've got MM- unified rules and then like Asian yeah, yeah. rules where you kick, kick yeah, yeah. the head on the ground. Yeah. Jiu Jitsu and MMA, it's like, yeah. people just make it up on the spot.
1: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, if it were up to me, I like ADC rule set. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I like long time limits. And I think any submission, cranks, uh, anything really, uh, but just stepping out. You know, I think that's what I'll make for for the sport to grow. Because there's a lot of arguing between what's best, catch, students who, they're all grappling at the end of the day. They're all grappling arts. I think everyone should cross-train. And I think they should just allowed, I think they should allow all dirty stuff, cranks, leg locks, everything. <laughs> That's what grappling is. Because if you, because sometimes you get put in these submissions and you don't know what they are. And if I think if you've got a good coach and they explain that like a crank can break your neck and it's dangerous, same with leg locks. If you learn them from a young age and you've got a good coach and you like, sort of like say, right, just try and control leg, catch and release, don't be wrenching anything on. And you, you learn you learn how dangerous they are that way, but you get a lot of, I understand why they're kicking off with jits and like people are getting their legs reaped and stuff like that, like beginners and stuff like that, but I think it's down to coaching really. I think if you coach them and understand leg locks and put them on gentle, they're okay. It's just when you get like someone who's a divvy and just rags it on, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I suppose if you say, listen, just put it on and just don't put it on, like just catch and release basically. I think I think you'll have a, less injuries. Stuff like that, but you've got, to, you've got to understand them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've often thought that. I mean, I back in the day, before I really learned any leg locks, I was accidentally uh, calf slicing people and people, just yeah, st- yeah, stupid yeah, stuff yeah, like that because yeah, I didn't know what I was doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like, like I love leg locks, mate. I love like shin locks, like from catch, and I love like riding calf and I, I love stuff like that, uh, towels and everything. So I, I do really like leg locks, uh, but I like cranks as well. Uh, Well, I think probably people don't like rolling with me because I do crank a lot, you know, but (laughs) I just think it boils down to conditioning as well, doesn't it? You've got to have a strong neck. A lot of guys don't train their neck as well. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're conditioned and fit and strong, you you should be all right, you know. That's where I see it, you know. And you've always got that chance to tap. Where I've I've like hurt my neck just being choked before, you know, like guillotines. I think guillotines have had choke, but it's probably one of my favourite moves, so... I think they should allow just everything. Yeah. yeah. Fish hooking as well. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm not up for anything. <laughs> yeah. but I've, no, seen the, uh,
0: I've seen the way most of these guys train. I don't want anyone putting their fingers in my mouth.
1: Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true, true.
0: Um, I've got to wonder though, uh, why the pin? Why, why is that the one thing you take out?
1: Uh, don't get me wrong, it's really good. And I understand that it's a dominant position and it's good. But I think from... I don't think there's anything worse, mate. You know, like, say, uh, like, uh, you've been grappling, and you slip on mats, and then someone, I'm not saying lesser than you or anything like that, just lays on top of you. They could finish match, you know what I mean? And I think... I, I do like the catch rules. I, 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 I'll wrestle any any rule set, you know what I mean? That, that, that's where way I am. And I don't mind. But if I won by a pin, I'd be devastated, you know what I mean? I'd sooner win by a submission... So I think, you know, like, uh, I thought, I was, uh, in fact, he was a world champion, actually, uh, at Jits, uh, and I thought i a catch rule set, and uh, I took him down with like uh, a double leg, and I got him in like a wrestler's cradle, but it were a neck crank, and uh, he rolled to his back, and, and submission were on, but he pinned himself, and I was absolutely guttered that he pinned himself and wanted to win by submission, and after that, I just thought, I was a bit wounded, I was like, I didn't want to win by a pin, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's what it was. But he are a nice guy as well. I think from Denmark. Uh, i trying to think of his name now. He was a good guy, to be fair, black belt, and he won won Monday hours and things like that. But I was just a bit gutted that I won by a pin. Uh, you know?
0: Yeah, so, I, I get what you're saying, but surely if you take the pin out, it becomes essentially jiu
1: Yeah, yeah. I suppose it becomes submission wrestling, doesn't it, like ADC rule set, But, what I find is, as well, because, like, another thing. So, say, for instance, you put a Kamura on, and mm-hmm. catch, and you're on your back, and the Kamura's on, but your shoulders are exposed at mat, plus as a pin. So it's like, it's a bit, bit of a tricky one, isn't it? You, guy underneath, you're saying, well, submission were on, but your back's at floor, so you're pinned, or if you went for an armbar from underneath, your back's on a triangle your back's exposed at match, so it's over.
0: So so, it's my... so, so I've thought, uh, it's like a rule set, I liked the idea of if you've got a pin for quite a long time, like yeah. five seconds yeah. or so, but yeah. also any submission on the timer doesn't start. Yeah. So say you go back to yeah. Kimura as long as you're going for it. No,
1: as soon as you're back, it's it's exposed at match. It's, it's on, that's what I mean. So yeah. I get the fact it stops you pulling guard. But I have seen guys uh, who are really good at pulling guard in the background hit the match. I've, uh, like, Quinton Rosen, I, I forgot his name, but he's a really good grappler. He bet Curran Jacobs. He pulled guard on Curran and it was brilliant what he did. He beat him and he it, it was a ten planet jiu-jitsu guy, but he can wrestle as well. But it's, it, it like, and uh, he submitted uh, Curran. He caught him with, like, a Kimura. I think it was a Kimura and, like, couldn't bust his rib or something like that as well and then he caught him with uh, some sort of funky leg lock uh, but it started off his back which was like it was like not frowned upon in uh catch but it was like it was interesting to see his take how he did it you know what I mean because you'd have thought couldn't have dived on him for pin but he didn't and he beat, he beat him with he can wrestle as well Quinton. is uh, he's, re- he's really good but uh, he beat him with jujitsu so it was interesting you know but I suppose there's always that risk if you put your back to match, it's it's over. That's oh, for sure, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, so there's that. But like you said, I just think there's a lot of, like, especially with Jiu-Jitsu, there's a lot of submissions off your back, isn't there? And, it like, a lot of guys, as soon as they hit the, it, the back, it's floor, they're working for submissions anyway. Whereas if you do that in catch, like I say, it's match over and it's a bit, it's a bit of a gutting thing, really.
0: Yeah, but... um. Yeah. So the, the the reason I'm wondering about this uh, is because well f- first um wrestling in the UK yeah. um though there are play- people in some places that are very good at it yeah it's not a big sport here in general no, no. and catch it's- wrestling in general is tiny all over the world yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's it's a small knit, commu- commu- knit community Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy
0: why? Because it is... I, I do find it a genuinely exciting sport, catch wrestling especially. Yeah. yeah.
1: Do you know yeah, something? Actually. It's. It, I think it just needs that exposure. I think what it is... I think it's... Oh, there's a lot of arguing, arguing going on, on. you know, like when you go on forums between jujitsu and catch, they're both like... I train both me, so I understand them both and, and I, I will always cross-train. But they're like, argue between themselves and like, just arguing over silly things and I think for it to grow it needs to be – they need to stop bickering about it, like saying what who's best at what. And, do you know what I mean? You, like like you say, your best guys, like your Gordon Ryan and things like that, they can, they can chuff and wrestle, can't they? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they're good with leg locks. So, like, I think for it to grow, you've just got to call it submission wrestling. <laughs> do you know, like, it's maybe – but maybe I've, like – I think there needs to be more comps as well in this country because there's not many – I think I've done like like there's uh, Snake Pit International, which uh, is what they have every year. Uh, that's a big, that's probably the biggest event in UK, uh, and that's normally held in November. And that's what World Championships. And then there's uh, legit pro wrestling, which is like a comp- I last competed on that. I think it were in 2015 for a title. Uh, and that's a good show. Small, but that's a good show. There needs to be more catch wrestling shows. And I think it is growing in the UK, but it's like a s- slow process. There's more catchings popping up and that in country. So it is growing. And I think a lot of catch guys need to get out and compete in Jiu-Jitsu circuit as well for it to grow. And same with MMA. Yeah. And same with MMA. yeah. Because there's like I see stuff now. When, when, when I couldn't wrestle and things like that, I see stuff now in MMA how I could stop fights and things like that with, with basic catch moves and a lot of stuff you, you wouldn't ever see in Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, like I've done stuff in catch and they're like saying uh, in Jits comps and I'm saying, what's this and what's that? And they don't know what it is because they've never seen it before. They've never been exposed to it. But there's a lot of, I suppose it's a bit like secretive. You know, like there's a lot of submissions out there, what they don't show. And I think for, you to, for it to grow, you've got to show these submissions as well. It's a bit like Jiu-Jitsu when it first started they wouldn't show, like, uh, knee rides and stuff like that. It would a it a bit, bit ush ush between them and, and, and like, their, their secret moves. And I think for it to grow, you've just got to show everything, can't you, and for it to stay alive as well. Because eventually, what's going to happen if, if they don't? It's going to die out like it, like it did. And then it's going to be lost then, isn't it? Like an hidden, hidden gem, in a sense. So... It's a shame, really, uh, but I'm I am uh, trying to help it grow. Do you know what I mean? That's why I'm I'm trying to compete a lot, but obviously with this COVID, it's a bit crap. So,
0: yeah, but you know what? It's time to sort itself out. Well, not yeah, yourself out, uh, but... sort itself of, out,
1: but yeah, sort of, yeah, sort of. Because like, I was supposed to wrestle uh, in Maryland. Uh, I think in when was it? I think it was January. I can't remember. It was this year, anyway. And that fell through. I was supposed to be wrestling Curran Jacobs for world title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I keep getting calls to go out and wrestle. Re- there's, there's Curran, who's uh, a champion, and obviously there's uh, Quinton, who's really good as well, who beat Curran. I keep getting asked to wrestle him as well, which I'll, I'll compete against them both, but Curran's been like calling me out for years. So I want to wrestle him first and then beat him and then wrestle Quinton Those are really, they're both dangerous for me both dangerous competitors and plus they're mm-hmm. a lot younger than me as well so I'm like I'm like an old man to them now they're like at the par. <laughs> so yeah so be interesting to see how we do with them
0: so is that your main focus at the moment like your personal um, uh, goals sort of yeah you, you wanted to grow uh, catch wrestling
1: I want to grow catch yeah uh, definitely want to grow catch uh, obviously, there's there's a few there's a few comp, compish, like people I want to compete against like obviously Al Curran, uh Quinton and I like to wrestle Sakaraba because I, I wrestled Josh Barnett I think it were in 2018 as well so that was a good match for me to wrestle just to wrestle him like because he was one of my heroes growing up uh, yeah like with MMA and stuff like that so that did, got me a lot of exposure because I got a draw with in. So, it were interesting, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't really hit ground or anything like that, uh, but it was, that's my, my old game plan when I wrestled Joshua to, like, use my speed against him because I was outweighed by, I think, it about five stone. Heavy. I was going to say,
0: he's a big bloke.
1: He's a, a unit. I can remember see. <laughs> it. I can remember seeing him, right, and uh, he had those, you know, these, like, those track bottoms, and I had not have up bottoms that all football players wear. I can remember seeing him, I thought, on his legs, I thought, God, he's got skinny legs in him. I thought he was bigger than that. And then when I came to wrestling, I tried to grab his leg. I'm not kidding, like, grabbing, grabbing an horse's leg, it was massive. <laughs> so, yeah, was he, a big dude. I didn't realise how big he was, and uh, I can remember he, like, collar tied me, and I was like, I clubbed him round, Edward collar tied and he hit me, and I thought, Jesus. It nearly knocked me out. Honestly, his hands are massive. His <laughs> hands are absolutely massive. It's just bone. All bone structure is really big. Uh, but I didn't feel out, outweighed by him or anything like that. It, I just felt a lot fitter than him. And my old game plan was: we're, we're in. I'm going to leave it to last test, like last minute around, and just try and double leg him or single leg him. And then when I grabbed his leg, I thought, Jesus, it's like wrestling a tree. <laughs> I can't move him. Uh, but yeah, it was a good experience for me. That you know. And I'd quite happily wrestle him again. So Yeah. Well, but I, but like, like I said, though, I'd like to wrestle Saka Arbanex. I don't know whether he even competes anymore, but just to say I wrestled him, you know, like because he's like a big naming catch, isn't he? So
0: he, he did um wasn't he in Quintet not so long ago. Yeah.
1: Actually, yeah, he was. yeah, because he wrestled uh, Daniel Strauss. Strauss, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. In fact, Strauss were in uh, uh Josh's corner when I competed against him, when I think. No, really. Yeah, so uh, it's <laughs> interesting. But he, he's another good grappler, isn't he? Yeah, but I'd like, ideally I, 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 there's like a couple, of, I'd like to get on uh, Polaris, but I don't know how you get on it, you know, i probably need to compete a lot more on comp, certain jujitsu comps, but I'd like to get on Polaris uh, and have a match on that as well. So there's a few things left for me to do, like probably wrestle these two guys in America uh, um, Sakuraba Maybe Josh again as well. But I think if I wrestled Josh again, I'd definitely put some weight on because I, I think I only weighed about 90 kilograms when I wrestled him. And he came in at, came in at 118 or something like that, 119. So it's a big unit, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> That's a big fucking difference. <laughs> it is. I just, that whole thing about it as well, all I think you want, I just do not want him on top of me because he'd crush me. You know, like, it, well, when you saw him with Dean Lister, didn't he? Dean Lister's a big guy and he crushed him. So that's that's all I'll think. You just don't let me on top of it. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean, um, Barnett interests me. I, he's a, he's an interesting bloke in the way he yeah. he he really dabbles in a lot of different sports. Like he yeah. did a, a bare knuckle fight not so yeah. long ago, doing some interesting things there. It's,
1: yeah, With Yeah, you could elbow as well in that one, couldn't you? As well, it would have been, uh,
0: <sighs> yeah, but you know yeah. what? That's what fascinates me, and that's what I'd like. Uh, I, I like that. That's not such a thing in striking. The fact that when yeah. you just go, oh, I'm going to pick these rules and those rules, yeah, but it always yeah. creates interesting matches.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a bit like me that I like to compete at different sports. Yeah, and I think I think I'm rather go at Pancrase again as well because I'd like to win a title like that. There's a few uh, shows coming. I think that's going to start growing back again. It right? like I've been, I've had a few guys comment, uh, get in touch with me about like competing at Pancrase and things like that from states. So. That's another sport I want to try again. Uh, just to compete at that, because that's quite a weird rule set.
0: What, what is Pancreas rule set?
1: Pancreas, It's uh, so it's like rounds, isn't it? Obviously, it's like say it's three rounds. Uh, if you submit if you submit the guy in the middle of the ring and he does uh, and he taps out, the match is over. Yeah. But if he rope escapes, grabs rope, you get like three lights. So it's a bit like pro wrestling. If you lose a light. So I fought a guy from Bulgaria, I think it was, and I took him down in corner, and I but I used it as a, a bit of a warm up match because I was thinking about having another another bash at MMA. So I like, I, submit, I submitted him and he grabbed onto the rope. So then I, I took it distance in a sense just to get me like get rid of that ring rust. you get what I mean? Uh, so I wasn't too bothered, but I know if I'd have dragged him into the center, I could have submitted him and it'd been over. You know, like so, it's like yeah, basically, if you lose a light, yeah, I think you've got three lights. If you lose three lights and it goes distance, you you win anyway. Or if you lose a light, so it's pretty weird rule set, but it is good. Uh I think you can palm strike, stood up, and hit with a close fist at body, but you can head kick and knee him to head, but you can't like punch someone to face. It's weird.
0: That's a weird rule set. Like that might it's be a bit too strange for me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it is weird, but it was interesting game head around it. But I, I did enjoy it, you know, like, it's more fun than an MMA. You, you don't get, like, yeah, you know, like, when you go to an MMA match, you get your, your dickhead in audience shouting, kill him and stuff like that. It was, like, really, it was, like, it's more about the grappling aspect of it. So it's pretty like cool. Like a jiu competition. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, quiet. You don't get idiots shouting stuff and stuff like that and throwing bottles at you and that. So, yeah, it's pretty cool, you know, like, that, so that, I think that would interest me, doing another match of that. And that lift way definitely does. I think that's uh, that's going to move my next one, lift way. And why lift way? I think because yeah, at art, I'm a typical frat. Everyone thinks I'm a wrestler, but I, in art, at art, I'm a typical striker. I like to hit things. You know, like And I think what I like about it, you can slam them as well, can't you? You can pick them up and slam them. So I think... Hmm. So I'm not that, sure. That, like, yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. I think, I think it can suplex. So... Basically, it suits me. You know, like because I can wrestle, I can strike, stand up with them if they're better striker than they, I can always pick them up and slam them and it' them me a suplex. So it's pretty cool. So yeah, just I, I just want to test myself at different skill levels and things like that. So it's I I always try and find out seek new goals and stuff like that so I don't get bored. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, get pretty boring, can't it? Stuff like that, certain sports.
0: And um, I hope you don't take offence at this, but forty years old is. Yeah probably towards the end of most yeah, people's yeah, yeah, yeah. careers. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. How long do you think you will be competing for?
1: I reckon 50, 52, me. Honestly, I've got, uh, honestly, I've got a mate, well, he's, he's, he's killed himself, but I had a guy called Ian Bromley, was a really good catch wrestler, and um, he was competing up until he was 52 at an eye level as well. Uh, and he, he had a lot, I'll be honest, he had a lot of injuries, and uh, Like, uh it were a bit like Sakurai, he used to tape his knees up and stuff like that. In fact, it was probably the hardest man I know. He uh, I always remember he had his ACL done and uh two weeks before competition, and he rolled up and I says he had like this big frame around his leg and says, What are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm competing today. I went, What way an ACL injury like operation? He went, Yeah. I went, You're mad. I went, You don't know how bad an ACL injury is like you he went, Yeah, I'm all right. And he fought one of Damian Myers' guys uh at night. Ian were probably 80 kilograms at most, but he were a big 80 kilograms. He was like short and stocky, 52 year old, and he wrestled Yassir that way. Yassir were like, like a 95-kilogram guy, black belt under Damien Meyer. And Ian said to me, he says, I'm going to... He's going to shoot in at me. He's going to... He told me what exactly what we're going to do. He says, he's going to shoot in at me, grab my bad leg and start twisting my leg. He said, I'm going to grab his head, roll and crank him. And he... <laughs> That's exactly what he did. He won as well, I and I thought, God, and he walked off, <laughs> and he walked off, Matt, without even limping. And I thought, Jesus, and he like, he, he inspired me, and he were like, he were like a hidden gem in uh, community of catch as well. they were like, knowledge were real, you know, like uh, probably one of my really good pals as well. And uh, obviously, he took his life. I think it was two years ago now. Uh, but it were a really bad loss but, community, like catch community, because he's knowledgeable as well, and uh, and plus a uh, all round good guy. But then. He wrestled again then year after saying, oh, I'm not wrestling this year. And he tore his collarbone off his chest and his collarbone was stuck out. This goes on his truth, this. And he he wrestled and he won again. And I like thought, and it all stuck in my my mind this. And I thought, as long as I'm able-bodied and I can wrestle at 52, I just want to, like Ian inspired me. I thought, if he can do it at 52. And it works. He had about, I think he had like a florist or a Tyler. And he wasn't, like, a full-time athlete or anything like that. He just, like, just turned up and wrestled, taped up, and it, were, it wasn't real, but it was just an hard-fit bloke. And I just thought, I'm looking job I'm in because I work, as a, work in a gym for council. So, basically, I'm I'm basically conditioned to fit all year round, do you know what I mean? Because I'm doing, like, I'm probably doing three or four classes a day at work, maybe three at most, and then I'm coming home and then I'm teaching me Privates own three or four of them a day, so I'm wrestling every day three or four times. So like, I'm not an average forty year old, you know. Like, I'm out working eighteen year olds, twenty year olds in gyms, you know. Like, so I think that's another thing as well. I think because I've looked after my body all my life, uh, and I've never drunk or never took drugs or anything like that. I nearly took drugs, but never took them. Uh,
0: razor close.
1: Yeah, <laughs> razor close, and I think I've been lucky in that. Respect, you know, like because most guys get to twenty six something, they have a family, get fat, and then they try and make a comeback of fighting. I've never had a day off. I've never ever had a day off. I've always been doing something. And like today, I've done like what I've done. I've done four PTs. I've I've sparred for forty minutes. I've drilled all day with guys and things like that. So I'm constantly around it all the time. So I'm conditioned. I'm fit and conditioned all the time. And you know, like, and I'm constantly training. So I've been lucky in that respect. So, like a lot of people say, oh, well, you're 40 now. But I feel at my peak, it's it's unreal how fit and strong I feel at this age. Like I'm like probably strongest I've been with weights, probably fittest I've been cardio-wise, and probably most knowledgeable as well, you know, like I've been. So, and I train smart as well. I listen to my body, you know, like if I feel shitty, like I'm always having ice baths, I'm always in sauna and things like that. So I'm lucky really, so... So my goal is 52. <laughs> so, Fair. yeah, that's my well, goal.
0: I'm 26 here and I will try and target something more like yours than the uh, family. Yeah yeah yeah,
1: family yeah. Side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it's, it's, it's hard, in it? I think you've got to be a bit of a freak as well. I'm, I'm a bit free, a bit freaky in the head. I, tr- I do train hard, do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I try and work. And it's the way I see it, like I look at, you know, like I look at people for inspiration, like Randy Couture and things like that. What, what you like? Even his late into his forties when he won world title on it, and Dan Henderson and people like that, and like the record, they still record now, don't they? Couture outworks everyone in the gym, even though he's had an heart attack as well, hasn't he? Because he had an heart attack recently as well, and he, he outworks everyone. So like, I look for people like that, and uh, same with boxing. Bernard Hopkins, forty eight mm-hmm. year old, he was a world champion. So I just think if they can do it, like can I? You know. I think it's when you start telling yourself you're old and fat and dropping to bits, your body starts going that way. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like at the end of the day, you're just a car, aren't you? Like a machine. So I think if you look after it and drive it all the time, you, you, but it's when you leave it on drive to seize up, that's when it breaks. Nice. And I, even, I even know Roy. Roy wrestled up until he was 53.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and there's uh, Daz Morris. He's another. He? He's not that old like Daz. He's the reckon he's an absolute beast uh, mm-hmm. at ASW. The reckon I, I don't know if he's push coming up to fifty this year or it might be fifty, but the reckon he gets on that with all younger guys and beats them all up. So I think if he, people can do it, it's just it's just a mindset. I think.
0: Yeah, no, that's, I mean it's fair. I mean I, I really hope you can keep doing it.
1: Um, uh, normally absolutely.
0: I normally with uh, guys. Um, well, normally I'd ask people what comes after, but you've still got another 10, 12 years, so I don't know if you've... Uh... That's,
1: what, that's what I think, yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> and I think, you know, like another big thing as well, like, because obviously I cross-training everything, me, like, I like my schedule stupid. I like trying, I try and do striking three times a week, like, you know, like boxing, tie boxing or something like that. I try and grapple three to four times a week. My weight's three to four times a week. And then obviously I do like Pilates and yoga and stuff like that, and I think that helps you. And then obviously ice, ice baths, I'm always jumping in like cold showers and ice baths. And I've just bought myself a sauna as well. So stretching in sauna, that's another thing. I think it's just general looking after yourself, is it? You know, like most people, once I've trained, they'll eat a kebab or I'll drink a beer or something like that. I'm like, straight away, I'm having like a freezing cold shower, massage going on and things like that. I'm like, I'm like that all the time. So I'm a bit weird in that sense. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm eating shocking. I'll just eat out oh, because I'm. I'm always trying to gain weight because I'm. I'm wanting to. Uh, what it is like now? I'm wanting to uh, with catch because I want like I want world title uh, heavyweight. I'm wanting to try super heavyweight because like I wrestled Josh Barnett realistically. we was a super heavyweight. So I'm wanting to win that title weight above. You know. So that's my goal. I, I just set little goals like that, and if I can beat. Uh, if I can beat Curran and Quinton as well, like just all at different weight categories, because I could probably get down to 80 kilogram, and I could probably get up to 105 at a push if I, if I had more. So I just want to, I just want to just win as, I'm greedy. I'm like a magpie. I just want to win as much gold and silver as I can. You know? <laughs> that's that's way I am. And uh, I've, I've done it all my career. I've like, like even like with kickboxing, I've won titles at different weights with tie boxing titles at different weights, wrestling have won titles at different weights. So I, I want to be one of these guys who can just move around weights as well. But I think my ultimate goal is that super heavyweight title whoever's got that. So we'll see.
0: <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please consider subscribing to the podcast and checking us out on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram under the name Combat Thoughts. We'll see you next time.